What's going on, Badger fans? Welcome to another episode of Lockdown Badgers. Uh, going live today, what's Wisconsin's prediction? How are they going to fare this year under Luke Fickle? Biggest breakout player, team MVP, game we're most worried about, all of that on today's prediction show. The season's here. Let's get it. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Badger fans? Welcome to Lockdown Badgers, your team every single day. I'm your host, Ryan Herrings. Today's episode brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code LOCKDOWNCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. All right, let's just get the boys in here. Justin, Rajiv, uh, prediction show, guys. You ready? Like, it's here. Like, this is game week. We have spent so much time talking about the season and what it's going to do, coming up for it. And now it's we're finally here. It's game week. We can actually talk about real stuff, what's going to happen this weekend, and then we get to actually react to it, and we get to talk more about it. It's fantastic. The the, 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 the time between football seasons is an excruciatingly long wait. The wait <laughs> yes, is over. Is. The fall is here. You know, it's right around Labor Day. We get to go. So let's go, guys. Let's go. Yeah, I'm more than ready for this season to start and definitely ready to get rolling on this and have something to truly talk about, see some results, see, see if what we think we know about the team is accurate and kind of get rolling and seeing what this is all going to be under Luke Fickle. I, I, I think we all have high hopes. I think that he seems like a guy who's actually absolutely hit a home run so far with the way he's instituted everything. Now it's time to find out if it's actually his uh, dream comes to fruition here. Well, let's kick it off. Um, first category we have is game um, that we should win, but that worries you. Rajiv, I don't know if I'm wording that the best way, but. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's like typically like a game that you look at the schedule and you look it down and you kind of see, all right, what game are you worried about? For me, it is the Purdue game. Um, that is a game that really, really concerns me. Look, we're playing, it's a Friday night game on the road at night. We've talked about how difficult it's going to be for Ohio State to come into this, to come to our stadium and play at night. We got to go to Purdue. I know that Purdue is 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 not really a, you know an upper echelon Big Ten team, but this program went through a lot of changes. New head coach, new quarterback, Hudson Carter quarterback. They haven't beat us in 15 years. They are itching to beat us. I that's a game that I'm worried about because frankly, I don't care any team you put in the Big Ten. You're going to their place at night on a Friday night when it's a nationally televised game. I think that's the game that scares me the most. There's a lot of potentials there, but that's the one that really. It really turns. It gives me like you know a lot of anxiety. I'm gonna drive Ryan nuts with my 45 minute answer here because there, this is a really interesting question to be quite honest. Because when you look at the Wisconsin two deep and how many new guys are in that that are transfers that came into the in most of these guys don't have the vitriol towards a couple of these teams. We definitely last year's team, the guys that lost to Illinois and lost to Minnesota, they want that game. Both those games, and that's I would normally say that we would not lose those games based off of that. But most of these guys in the two deep weren't here for those games, and it didn't they didn't go through it, so it's maybe not something that's going to drive them as much. I actually agree with Rajiv on this one that I think it is Purdue because when I look at that game, it's a game we should win, but I think Hudson Carr is actually one of the few quarterbacks that I look at that I think that it's not cut and dry that we have the quarterback advantage, and I also I think Ryan Walters is actually a really good defensive coach. And I think he's a guy that can cause us some problems. I mean, y'all know where I'm, I'm going Washington state. 
Like the Purdue, the Purdue thing just doesn't worry me. In Alien Space, listen, he nailed it. It's not the last twenty years, but they also haven't beaten us in twenty years. Like, and Ryan Walters may be a really good defensive coordinator. He's also an incredibly young head coach, taking over a program that's difficult. That's like, fair. I'm not saying he won't be. He could be the dude, but give me Washington State. It's a road game in week two, and listen, no matter what you think of Washington State, it, it is a Power Five program for one more year. Um, it is a power five <laughs> program, but it's a road game. Road games are tough in college football. And if you're you're going somewhere, they're going to be jacked up. I know, I mean, I'm not going to revisit the Cam Ward versus Tanner Mordecai take, but Cam Ward's a real quarterback. You're going to be playing on the road early in the season with a lot of changes. That game scares me. Um, Tanner, Mo- Tanner Mordecai's Heisman coming out party. I would, I would, I would WSU. Five a lot of people in the comments agree. So we got, you know, Badger says Purdue, Badger Ron says Washington State, Adam Herman, Washington State. Kyle Bauman says Illinois because it's only because it's at Illinois. That's a really that's a really good point. I think we should kind of hit on this real quick. It's we won't take them lightly, though. That's Bielema. the thing. That's why I feel good about that one. I mean, I feel good about it, but you know that Leonard and Bielema are gonna be ready to go. And that is something that that it, it is it's in that tough stretch, right? That Iowa, Illinois, Ohio State stretch, which is sort of like the gauntlet of our season. And that, that Illinois game really, I mean, you're talking about after a rivalry game and before the game of the year, it, it's, it's kind of a trap in there. And I think that's a really good point. Is Leonard going to be drawing up the RPO defense? Cause I feel pretty good about our chances. now. <laughs> Le- Leonard is going to know our personnel better than anybody though. Like DK Lewis, Braylon offensive lineman. Like there is going to be a little bit of an advantage there defensively for Illinois. Yeah. You know, our scheme is different. A lot of our players are still the same, right? So that's tricky. And Rajiv, I think you hit on a great point that we probably haven't talked about enough is that's coming sandwiched at between mm-hmm. Iowa and before Ohio State. Like imagine Iowa being a really tough, bloody game, right? Like Iowa mucks it up. And then you have Ohio State on the horizon. You could easily look over Illinois. Like that's a great point. Yeah. I, I, there's one thing I will say about that. There's a lot of weapons that Leonard has no affiliation with that are, are coming into this year's team. Bryson Green, C.J. Williams, Pauling are all guys that he has no insight mm-hmm. on whatsoever and are all guys that actually we look at and say these are the guys that are going to be problems for mostly their team. Same with Mordecai. And D.K. Justin, don't you dare leave D.K. No, but he knows him. That I left him out because he's a guy that he's watched practice day in and day out for several years, whereas these guys, these other guys are all guys that he's never had been around and seen on a day-to-day basis. I want, to, I want to bring this up. Tyler Streber says, Indiana, the trap game on the road after OSU. This is a game that I think no one's really talking about. We haven't really talked about it at all. And it, throughout, even looking at the, the, the schedule all throughout the, throughout the offseason, we haven't talked about it. Indiana is not that good of a team. But, again, when you go on the road, especially right after Ohio State, so if we win that game, we lose that game, that's going to be a very emotional week for, for our team to go to Indiana. Look, it's not an easy – it's not a difficult place to play, but we have gone there and struggled before. And that is not going to be easy. So that's that's a good point, Indiana game. Yep. Um, one question here, or a couple of people brought this up in terms of Washington State or even Indiana being cupcakes. Road games are still tricky, right? Even, yep. even like, I'm telling you, road games in college football are super and weird sometimes. They're not a cupcake by any means, but it's a game that we should have the talent advantage. And if we play to our what our potential is, it should be a comfortable win. Last year, we did not play to our potential at all. All right, let's move on to game that we're most looking forward to. I do want to throw this comment from Ryan. Ian, he said, Justin, how did the bad man chin rate hurt you? <laughs> Why are you <laughs> – oh, I love it. I 
I love the humor that's developed in this community. Um, <laughs> let's go here. Game you're most looking forward to. I'm going to kick it off. So for me, it's Ohio State, but I don't want to go Ohio State because I think that's too obvious. Like, uh, So I, I took that off the play, but that's the game I'm most looking forward to, right? Home game against Ohio State. The, the next one on my list is Iowa because mm-hmm. Iowa, it's a home game. The Wisconsin-Iowa thing is incredibly important, but I'm also fascinated to see how Longo's offense is going to work against Iowa's defense. That's That could be – like let's say people are right that Washington State isn't – some people isn't that much of a challenge, that Cameron Ward's not going to threaten us. Iowa's going to be the first test then, potentially. Yep. The first, first te- I don't want to dismiss Purdue Rajiv. I know they come before Iowa, but mm-hmm. the first test against a real good potential Big Ten defense is Iowa. And I'm yeah. fascinated to see how that works out. I think Walters will do, do a decent job with them, but I don't think they have the talent that Iowa has, and that's the difference there. I, I legitimately think when you look at that game, though, I, I agree with you, and a lot of it for me personally is the fact that there's like a divide that's going on right now with the pundits between Wisconsin and Iowa. And I've heard so many of them that are kind of, they'll take, they'll kind of backhanded compliment the transfers in for Wisconsin and say, well, it might take time to come together, but don't do the same thing with, with McNamara and Alt and the guys that they've brought in for a team that still has a, I guess you'd call lame duck offensive coordinator. And it's like, Really, we're, we're just going to gloss over the fact. Like, I've realized that Wisconsin's making some massive changes, but Iowa is not really changing enough, and they were completely inept last year. Uh, so Ryan Ellis puts up a good comment here. Iowa's going to be tough. Only need to win. Only need seven to win, though. That's <laughs> tough, you know, you know that. um, so for me, it's about revenge um, in in this category. So for me, it's Illinois and Minnesota. Um, yep. Minnesota, for obvious reasons, I'll get to that in a second, but. Look, the Illinois game was my most disappointing loss that I think I've ever experienced as a Badger. Not maybe not quite as bad as the Antoine Randall L game back in the day, <laughs> but um, that was rough. I mean, we got manhandled in our own stadium by Illinois. So I want to go to those two places this year and just pummel those teams. So I, I'm very much looking forward to going to Illinois and really taking care of them. And, and Minnesota too, like enough is enough, right? I mean, we had a long stretch of success and frankly, they've kind of had our number recently and that's got to end because I'm not seeing PJ flex celebrate another ax victory that has to take, we have to take that back. So yeah, I'm very much looking forward to revenge games this year because last year was really, really tough. And all those teams that thought, Oh yeah, we've got Wisconsin now. Okay. Just watch out now. guys. Wait, we got Luke fickle yeah. here. It's your time is your time in the sun is over. Illinois, Minnesota, we're coming for you. I love the Minnesota take. Actually, I, I, I yeah, Minnesota probably jumps Iowa just based. On, I was just looking at the first challenge, but yeah, that Minnesota game, if we go and do what we think potentially we could do to them, is going to feel so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, we need to take a quick break. We're coming up with player superlatives. Who is the team MVP this year? Most fascinating player, uh, player that you're not talking about that could really rise up. We have a lot coming up next on this Lockdown Badgers preview, but first, today's episode is brought to you by our new friends, our good friends over at Game Time. We're leaving the crew up because we're going to do something here. Ohio State, we're going to the game, and we're going to use Game Time to get our tickets. You don't have to stress it anymore. Like You don't have to worry about last-minute deals, finding the best prices. Game Time allows you to get flash deals, the favorite. It's going to be the best way that you're ever going to buy tickets to anything, sporting events, concerts, which I still haven't been to. Not one in my life. I'm going to do that before I die. I hope I'm already 40. I'm running out of time. Um, but game time is the place to get the tickets to everything. Concerts, tickets, theaters, uh, plays, comedies. It's on game time, flash deals. And you can find uh, pictures of the seat 
So you know what you're getting beforehand. Um, fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. And you buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Safe, secure, easy to use. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account. Use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest prices. Guaranteed. Um, gentlemen, we talked about the Ohio State game. We are using Game Time to get our tickets for that. Um, and let's move on. Justin, I'm going to kick this one off to you, start in our next section here. Who do you think at the end of the year, or should we do players to prototypes first, Rajiv, or? Um, let's do know? let's do the other one. Let's do kind of what what word, the what worries you. And, okay. So, like let, Justin, let me kick this to you. What worries you most right now with this team? Um, I think going into this season that really is it not what we're hoping it's going to be. And I think that that's the biggest one for me. Like if, if we all have this positive feel that we think Mordecai is going to be really good this year on this team. And if, if he's just not, then we're in trouble. Like that's, this is an offense that needs to have competent quarterback play for them to be a good team. Like, Otherwise, we start to regress back to where we were last year. And I, I don't think that's going to happen, but it is the biggest fear for me that if something's not working in the passing game and it's it's not as it's if we don't turn into North Carolina, you know, this year where we're, where we're just, you know, throwing it for a ton of yards and running it for a ton of yards at the same time. What what does that do to us? Because I'm not quite sure what to expect from the defense in this case. I, I think there's going to be more boom bust than what we've seen on what we saw under Leonard. So it's a little scary for me that if the offense isn't something that we can rely on, that we may have games that we have a play here or there on defense that end up costing us. Yeah, I think that's a very good point is that will the whole thing kind of work and gel. My, I have two things. One is um, turnovers. I, I just feel like, look, I know we only saw a very short stint at the spring game, but I, I think that turnovers in general just worry me um, because we're going to be throwing the ball a lot more than we ever have. And, in, in this conference, in this league, I mean, turnovers. Bottom line, you, you you don't you're not plus in that turnover margin. You're gonna you're gonna really have a tough time. The other thing is special teams. I really am concerned about this. I've said this before, and it's something that I don't. I know that it's not the sexy thing to talk about, so we don't really talk about it a lot. But I am very very concerned about our special teams. We are going to be in close games. If you think we're gonna blow people out, that's obviously not gonna happen. And in close games, special teams play such a massive part. Now I trust Luke Fickle that everything's going to be okay and he's going to get it together. But the kicking game, the punting game, the return game, like everything has to gel. And if if we're kicking a last-second field goal to beat Iowa, I mean, I'm worried about that. And and I hope that everything's good, but that is something that is very underrated, a very low-key, scary piece of our team, I think, that absolutely can cost us. Uh, Joe Frickleton, agree with Rajiv about special teams. That was special teams is on my list too. Uh, Rajiv, another one here. Fight me from uh, talking about I worried about Mordecai throwing ints, interceptions again. Talking to your point about turnovers potentially. Uh, Commandant Klink has said this several times. I will stay consistent on what I've said all offseason. I worry about the offensive line. Certainly, you don't feel better about that with Renfro already missing week one. Uh, for me, I, I have two as well, really quick. The first one is, and listen, my people are talking in this one. D line, D line, D line. <laughs> Robert Source at pass rush, right? Um, there, I, I'm worried about. I, I've said like I am worried about the pass rush. I, I just I don't know where it's coming from, as specifically on the defense line. I don't think we have any real disruptive guys that you can point to and say those are elite talents on the D line. So I so, worry. 
I'm I'm curious on that because do you feel like we're just getting coach speak then from the coaches who are yeah, who are saying right. that they're pleasantly surprised by what we have on the defense? We've done that every year for seven years, and I know it's different coaches, but yes, <laughs> we're absolutely getting coach speak. Okay, like, that, that's totally I, fair. I just, just I find it interesting based off of that because they could just not say anything I, with regards to that. I feel team. like for seven years they've said the defense line is going to be better, and it's not. It I think that's just how coaches talk, right? Like in in preseason before the season, I think that's how they talk. They they want it to be better. Uh, but the the people haven't changed outside of Darian Varner. It's the same guys, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I warned about the defense line. The other one that I don't think we talk about a lot, and this one, I don't know how, I, I don't know how um, Coach Fickle, like Luke Fickle, and this coaching staff. So one of the concerns, and this is something, and we haven't talked about a lot. Um, when he came over, I talked to the Cincinnati guy, the one of, one of their uh, beat reporters, and he said, you know, Fickle had a tendency in tight games to to close up a little bit, kind of like Paul Crist, right? And I'm curious how Luke Fickle in big games against Ohio State or Michigan is going to coach this team. And that's more less of – actually, that probably should have been in a later topic. That's less of a concern. It's just something I would like to see. I'm a little curious how that's going to play out. Yeah, I mean, I think that – one of the one of the things that he hasn't had before is Phil Longo by his side, mm-hmm. right? Making those play calls. So how tight is Phil Longo going to get? His record shows that he is doesn't really necessarily <laughs> do that. So I would like to think that that Phil Longo by his side will will adjust that line of thinking a little bit with him. So we'll see how that goes. But it's a good point. I mean, it's something to keep our eyes on. I was going to say exactly that same thing. I, I'm very curious to see how much rope he's given and how much authority he's given in those games does he just say longo you've been doing this long enough i trust your your perspective on this and how you're going to handle it all right let's go into oh sorry i was just gonna say let's go into something you're most confident about rajee justin started the last one i'm gonna kick this to you what are you most confident in right now number zero right behind tanner mordecai buddy that is absolutely the running game this year is going to be so fun to watch i mean i don't even know how much more i can say about it we've talked about it it running into six-man boxes. This guy is going to be a machine. He's a load to bring down when you have nine in the box. So, yes, I'm very confident in our running game, and I'm very confident that it's going to be a very balanced offense in, in general as well. I think that it's not, you know, the air raid. You think air raid, you think, okay, just throw it out of the water. No, it's going to be very, very balanced, and I'm super confident that we are going to, just as we have year in and year out for the last 20 some odd years, just been a dominant running force. And we will continue that even in the air raid offense. I have two of them. I have no doubt in my mind that Hunter Wooler is going to run rampant on defense and just absolutely blow things up and be a monster. And I have no doubt in my mind that Bryson Green is going to absolutely abuse some cornerbacks this year. <laughs> Those are great. Yeah, he's just he's just such a big dude compared to most of the corners. Like you put a you put a 5'10, 180 corner on him, and it's just such a mismatch. Yeah. You definitely I, you definitely got some people agreeing with you. Um bite me says wide receiver depth is six deep. Um then you've got some other people that are agreeing with you. Green, you know, a lot a lot of comments about about Bryson Green. I think that's that's true. There's another one, safeties. Um Adam Herman says safety play. I think this yeah. is a good one that we haven't really brought up. And and that's you know, we're very confident in our in our secondary when you look at the safeties and the quarterbacks really with, with Smith and Hallman. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we've got a lot of safety depth and that's going to really come into play. I'm, I'm not, as I, as we've kind of read more about what's happened to practice in spring camp down to fall camp and everything, I'm actually much less worried about the defense in general than I was maybe earlier in the off season, just because I understand the D line is an issue, but overall I, I think our defense is actually going to be pretty good. We've got a mm-hmm. lot 
of firepower in that defensive back. Mm-hmm. I, I love the safety group. The safety group is so, so loaded. Um, there's a really good comment up here too from Ryan. I want to throw in. I'm most confident in the swagger and physicality. Win or lose, they're not going to get punked like they did against mm-hmm. Illinois. That's a great comment because mm-hmm. we did get punked against Illinois. Mm-hmm. And, and Ohio State treated us like a freshman high school team. Oh, yeah. We got treated like a JB team for like, sure. That's not, I agree with that. Like, we're not going to get pushed around and then lay down and quit. Like, at times, I felt like we did last year. Um, for most confident for me, I'm going just the skill. And by that, I mean the receivers and the running backs on offense. I, I, Rajiv, I, Braylon Allen is going to be a monster. This He's going to eat, man. That boy is going to eat. He is going to be so good. And then Justin, uh, Bryson Green, uh, DK, Pauling, Williams. I, I think I think just the overall skill. I'm so confident in that group of skill players around Mordecai with Longo behind them pushing the right buttons. I'm extremely confident there. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go into one thing we aren't talking about enough. And this is actually the one where I should have saved the Fickle comment. I'm just not sure how he's going to coach in big games. And there was a, a question here up here that said you're comparing Fickle to Chris. I'm telling you, when I talked to the beat guy from Cincinnati, that the quote he said was Fickle would kind of go into a shell in big games. And a lot of coaches do that. They what? get conservative and they just don't want to they want to play a game of attrition and wait for the other team to be the one to make the mistake. The problem with that though, I don't think that you can do that against Ohio State. I, I don't I agree with that completely. And you have to that, attack them. That was the one thing that stuck out to me. I'm like, hmm, he's going to be in some big games this year. I, I'm mm-hmm. just curious how it's just the thing I don't think we're talking about. We don't know how he's going to coach against Ohio State. Right. I think one of the things we're not talking about, and we talked a little bit about it, a little bit, but, you know, we we know as Wisconsin's defense, what we have watched, we have been, we've struggled with teams like what our offense is going to be, right, with the air raid, with the spread type stuff. There's a lot of teams that we're going to play on this schedule. They know how to defend what we're going to do, and it's not going to be as easy as, as we think. And it's not to say that it's, we, we even think it's going to be easy, but I am a little bit, it, it's something that I just feel like a lot of these other teams might be looking at our offense thinking, yeah, okay. Like Wisconsin's not going to do what Wisconsin does. And while we are seeing at a completely 180 degree turn, these other teams are going to be like, yeah, but we're okay defending that. That's actually what more college football teams are doing is playing this style of offense. Maybe not quite like what Longo does, but I, I think that in general, it's not, we're not just going to, I don't, I, 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 I said on an earlier show, I think that I know Justin is really high on the, the points per game that we're going to have. And I'm a little bit lower on that because I just don't know how we're not just going to be throwing it all over these teams and, 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 and blowing up. I think we're going to do very well. I think we're going to win a lot of games, but I think we might be underselling a little bit about how good the defense is or how prepared those defenses are going to be to face our offense. I don't know that they will be. I like, there are some teams like, Oh, we've seen kind of Ohio state, how teams seem to struggle with them when they play. Now I'm not saying we're going to do that because we're not, we don't have Ohio state's talent, right? But there's a lot of pro style in the, in the the West division, just kind of banging its head against each other for the longest time. Now there there's been some inept, you know, spread teams that we've seen. Nebraska has been a prime example of a team that just constantly shoots itself in the foot. Um, Purdue's probably the best example of a team in the West that tends to run that. And I think they, a lot of teams struggled to actually deal with them. The biggest problem for them was defense. They really haven't had a competent defense that could consistently get three and outs. And Wisconsin would just kneel on them because of that, because we would just sit there and be like, all right, we're going to get a three and out on your offense, and then we're just going to sit here and hold on to the ball for seven minutes. I very much hope you're right, Justin. I hope that it's going to be very difficult for defenses to play against us. And obviously I want that, but I just I just feel like it's, you know, it's we we – 
when I think about this season, I'm envisioning just like this offensive supremacy, right? <laughs> like Russell Wilson style. And I don't know that that's really what we're going to see. We're going to see it a lot better, way better, way better, but it's not going to be that easy. It's not going to be perfect off the jump either. That's the thing. Right. Like there's going to be, there's absolutely going to be growing pains and there's, there's real defenses in the big yeah. 10 as much as we kind of dismiss some of it. Like Illinois is a real defense. Purdue yeah. has a defense of mine. Iowa's a real defense. I know they're going to struggle more probably in our style. It's still a real defense. Like mm-hmm. there's and there's going to be a game or two where weather's probably not sure. perfect. Or what if Mordecai gets banged up, right? Like it's it, to your point, just our regime. I do think it's not going to work quite as well right, um, right. as as our best optimistic sure. picture. And, and I let, let me say this: I don't think that we're going to have juggernaut stats for this offense. I think in, in a a good year with the type of talent that we want to have on the field, I think that this is an offense that we can get to forty points per game. I don't think we we have a chance at that this year, unless we somehow drop a couple 70 bombs in the non-con. I don't think that that's happening. Um, I think that we're looking at probably mid thirties, probably low to mid thirties, which is a step up from what we previously had. And honestly, if you look at it just simply from the standpoint that the offense is going to be more likely more aggressive and run more plays, it, it kind of correlates out a little bit that we should just be more efficient from to some extent compared to what we've been in terms of point scoring, just because they're going to have more opportunities. Let's answer this quick question, then go to a break. A comment on Clink. What do you guys think the run pass percentage is going to be? I think this is a fascinating question because yeah. I actually think it's going to be very balanced. I think people tend to, to skew towards Longo. It's going to pass 60-40. I think it's going to be very balanced. And I think the, the, the beauty of this offense, potentially, if it works, is it's going to vary game to game depending on what opponents try to do to us, and we're going to counterpunch them. So I think – 50 50 55 45 i think it's gonna be really balanced this year i think it's gonna be like 52 48 51 49 very very balanced i really think that's gonna be the one thing that you know usually we're we're obviously very run heavy and i completely agree i was gonna say the same thing really good point ryan one game it might be 60 40 70 30 one game it might be the 60 40 the other way and that in the end though this is going to be 50 50 or within you know maybe five each way um percentage points i would say i would say 55 45 in favor of run actually I think it's going to be a little bit over just because I think there'll be games. We're going to have games where we kneel on the other team in the second half where we're up and we will run the ball a little bit more, but I do think we're going to be, I think we're going to have a similar mindset to what Ohio state has, which is we're going to come out and we're going to, our goal is going to be to get ahead and then coast a little bit towards the end where you, you try to do a little bit more of like you're up and, and just run clock a little bit more with the run game in the second half when you're up. But I think we're going to attack a lot more in the beginning of games than we previously have. Um, Griffith says, yep, agreed. It'll be balanced at the end of the year. All right, we're going to take a quick break here, come back. We're going to talk player superlatives and give our final record prediction for the Badgers. Are we all homers? Probably. Yeah. Up next, the Lockdown Badgers. But first, a quick break for our friends of the show. And a quick second to say thank you to everybody's tuning in, everybody in the chat, everybody who's commenting we don't get to. Thank you so much for helping build this community. Uh, and it really is what it is. It's locked on. It's kind of like this own little club that we have together, right? And there's no gophers allowed. It's just us. And it's a ton of fun. So humbly and truthfully, thank you so much for helping us build this. All right, let's get into player superlatives. You guys ready? Finish mm-hmm. this thing off. Um, and a bunch of comments. I, this show is going to go a little longer, and I'm okay with that. So we are going to take some time at the end. Uh, Rajiv, Justin, pull some comments up. All right, let's go player superlatives. We'll go around the horn. Um, I'll start with this one. Season MVP, 
for me, it's Braylon Allen. Uh, we, we talked about all the reasons. I think if he stays healthy, he's going to get like 18, 1700 yards on efficiency. I think he's a monster. I think the system's going to work great for him. I'm going Braylon Allen team MVP by the end of the year. I'm hundred percent in agreement with you. I think it's Braylon Allen. I thought about uh, taking Mordecai in this one or potentially even my guy Muma on the other side of the ball. Uh, but look, I, I think that we're, we're still going to be a very run heavy team. And yeah, I, I agree. If he's healthy, he's our MVP. For me, it's if we want to accomplish what we want to accomplish, it needs to be Tanner Mordecai. So he, if we're going to, if we want to have a season where we go out and take down Ohio state, we need him to be a stud. And if that's the case, it's just the, the, the nature of the beast is we're going to end up, he's going to end up being the guy that everyone looks at. Um, I feel like that's fair. That, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, Connor says DK. Uh, Commandant says help me out. <laughs> He's not joking, Justin. Uh, I just feel like I'm being trolled with that one. <laughs> Badger says MVP Allen. Guys, who's your defensive MVP? Um, Rajiv will kick it to you. Muma. Muma Jong Metaman. The guy's going to be a monster owning the middle of the field. I really think he's going to have a breakout year. I've said that I think he's he's going to he's, – I know he's not Leo Chanel, but I think he is in that Sanborn type of a quality that's going to – I think he's going to be an NFL player. I think he's going to be a stud in the NFL like many of our linebackers. Uh, but, yeah, Muma Muma's my defensive MVP. A lot of other potential options in the secondary too, but I'm, I'm taking Muma. Yeah, I'm taking Hunter. And I, I think it's just because what he's going to be tasked with and what he's going to – the flexibility he's going to be given is going to let him do some, some things where he's going to be able to put up some big numbers. And that's with him kind of overhanging in the in the RPO slots. He's going to be a guy who's just going to cause so much havoc with defense or with uh, offenses trying to figure out how to move the ball against us, given everyone's kind of moved more to a spread RPO attack. Yeah, same. Uh, give me Hunter um, for for all the reasons Justin just said, but for also this reason, guys. Really quickly, not to spend a ton of time on it. Who was the last star we had in our secondary? I mean, the last real star. <sighs> Right. <laughs> um, right. It's been, I think Waller has the potential. And no, we've had no, some really good safeties. We've had some really good players, but have yeah. we had any real stars? Like, no, no disrespect to a Nick Nelson, who was a fourth round pick, and Ike Aguanu, um, and a Troll Jamerson, who was an NFL guy, Desmond Southward. Not even so, we got Soldier and Shelton in the chat. Like, Soldier was, to me, he wasn't a star. He's a really good player. No, I think Hunter has a chance to be a star. And I said that he could, when I compared him when we decided what we were going to use him as, as in the dime here, as the, uh, the dollar position, I said the type of player that he's going to be is Jabril Peppers from, from Michigan. They're different athletically, but that's the type of use that Wisconsin's going to try and use from him is to basically let him be out there and just kind of do his thing and use his instincts. I think he's a stud. Uh, Bite me says Fletcher. I mean, Fletcher might be the last real star. I don't know. Anyway, my, my bigger point is I think he can be a transcendent player at a spot. We haven't had a lot of transcendent players at recently. All right, let's go to quiet star, Justin. I'm going to get still so by quiet star. Somebody we're not talking about that is maybe underrated by the end of the year. You can be like, Oh yeah, we, we should have been higher on him. You know what? I'm going to go to the defensive line just to, to take a, to clap back at Ryan a little bit. Thompson. Okay. I think that he, he's going to he's gonna round the corner. They're going to let him be a little bit more aggressive and shoot gaps a little bit more. And I think that he'll he'll have a nice season. I don't think – we may not look at him as like a big all-Big Ten type of guy, but if he ends up with four and a half, five sacks, I think we look at it and go, that's a really good year for him. 
I have two, and one of them is what Zach Barnes just put up here, Jake Cheney. Um, I think, you know, you can kind of see, like, he's going to get a lot of, of reps, although he's technically not, you know, in that starting lineup, he pretty much is. He's going to get a lot out there. I think he is, he's got a motor on him, and he's going to be really good. We don't talk about him a lot because Turner and, and Muma get a lot more of the, you know, the, that, that pipe, uh, but Cheney's going to have a great year. The other one is actually a group, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to group it all together, and I'm going to say the O-line. Last year, the O-line, you know, definitely struggled. And Wisconsin's O-line in general has been obviously the strength of our program for many, many years. And last year just wasn't there. And I really feel like they are, they are in essence, quiet stars. That's what they do. We're in, we're not going to hear about them a lot. And that means that they are truly going to be the stars. I expect a huge leap up uh, because look, all these guys have been here a while now. There's a lot of depth. There's a lot of experience. I think the O-line is going to truly be one of the stars of this offense. And like Justin said in an earlier comment, if we are going to be where we want to be, and if we're going to have the success that we want, this group needs to be top notch. Mm-hmm. And I'm expecting them to be. Yeah, that, that's a great one. Um, uh, my clients. So Cheney was one of mine just for, I, I think he, he's so, I think he's going to be so good. Uh, I, see, I, I thought that he would, I actually have expectations of him being really good. So for me, he, he wasn't a guy that I viewed necessarily as quiet, but I get it. Like we have three dudes that are potential that are all starter caliber there. So he's probably the guy that is viewed as third most often, but I think they're kind of interchangeable. Yeah. I think he gets underlooked a little bit. And Mm -hmm. some of that comes from recruiting pedigree still like Mm -hmm. players kind of always fall under that. Well, he was not a highly ranked and it takes a lot to break out of that Mm -hmm. uh, at the college level. I had his dad on the show. Like I'm telling you, if he's cut from that same cloth, I, I (laughs) here's the other one. And, this one, again, and this one may not be a quiet star, but I still think he gets overlooked amongst like Bryson Green and, and CJ Williams and some of the like really high profile guys. It's Will Pauling. I think at the end of the year, like people know Will Pauling, right? People think he's going to have, I don't think people realize how good he can be in this offense. Mm-hmm. Like he could lead the team in receptions. He's a 4 3 9 type guy. He could have explosive plays. And in, in a world where we're really just, we love the 6'2", 210-pound uh, guy, the four-star guy from USC. Pauling might be our best receiver this year, and I don't think he's getting enough hype in that role. And Phil Longo has said it in his press conferences. He says, look, he loves slot receivers, and I think he's basically telegraphed that point. He's going to – they're going to be throwing the ball a lot to Pauling and then Bell backing him up. So, yeah, absolutely. See, I was actually – I think his the expectations of him got tempered a little bit with the spring game because I think we were all in – like we were hearing every day how – how much Pauling was doing. And then he really didn't, wasn't shown off much in the, uh, the spring game. So I think we kind of were like, well, okay, we're not seeing much out of him here, but I agree. He's a guy that has, he he has potential mismatch ability that we don't really have at the, like, I, I really like some of the abilities that the guys have in that receiver room. He's one of those guys that if you can isolate him on a linebacker, he's going to absolutely destroy them. He's just way too fast. Yeah, be putting on. I, I love his game. And uh, John Berger said DK is the only guy who can be a star receiver on this team. He'll lead the team in catches. Um, Derek Ostander says Doc DK is so overlooked. Um, taking back your your prize. DK probably is overlooked, and that's a fair point. Oh, DK yeah. probably is overlooked, but DK he, he's he's fantastic. I mean, he is going. He's been a stud. He's been a he's been that sort of that journeyman receiver for us, and I expect him to be there again. He's going to play a huge part in this team. Mm-hmm. He's, yeah. he's listening to the starters. Like for all the for all the talk we have about all the transfers coming in, the depth of the receiver room, greatest receiver room ever in Wisconsin, like all the offseason talk, 
DK is listed as a starter. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. yeah he's he still a wide it. receiver one, and his route running is the reason. His route running is incredible. Yep. All right, let's go here. Um, transfer will have the biggest impact. I'll just kick this one off. It's Mordecai. Like he's the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, like if if he does anything remotely close to what we hope, he no no position on on planet football Earth matches what a quarterback can do for a team. So. I'm going to say Mordecai, but my other one, if we have to actually put some thought into it, is Darian Barner. For all the reasons I talked about, if this team is going to to meet its goals, it needs a pass rush. Varner may be the best candidate to bring pass rush to that front seven, or at least that defensive line. Maybe I shouldn't say front seven. So I'm going to say Varner and hope that he can be healthy and have the impact we hope he can have. Yeah, I, I think the easy one's Mordecai. For me, in terms of – there's there's two, and I think you just we just spoke about one in Pauling, but I also think Bryson Green is the other one. I just think that he gives you that outlet on third down, where even if he's covered, you can throw a ball to him, and he will just abuse somebody and be like, "It doesn't matter if you're on me, I'm stronger than you, and I'm bigger than you, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna take my ball." And that we have not had it since. I mean, Cephas kind of had some of it, but everyone knew that he was getting the ball. You could double up on him, and I don't think that you can do that this year with this offense. Otherwise, I think most of these guys are capable of consistently winning one-on-ones. Yeah, I'm going Bryson Green as well. I wanted to say Will Pauling as well because I think he's going to get probably more receptions. But Bryson Green looks like a different kind of guy. He is He's on a different level physically, uh, the way he catches, the way he moves, like just the sheer size that this guy has and his ability to high point catches. He is a, just on a different level of wide receiver than what we've had for a while. And that's why he's absolutely going to have the biggest impact in my opinion. Uh, a couple of comments here, some really good ones. Uh, Tyler Streber, Jason Matry. Uh, I mean, that's a huge one. Yeah, yeah. very much. Good one. good one, Tyler. Ryan Talbert, Mordecai Green, Alien Space, CJ Williams, Connor Schmidt, CJ Williams. The Griffinish says Mertz transferring away is the biggest impact. <laughs> uh, Ryan, that's, a, that's great. That's, that's great. an underrated comment. And I listen, I hope Mertz crushes it. I've said that before, but that's an underrated comment. Yeah. Uh, Bite Me says Pauling reminds me of Donald Driver. Um, Couple more here. CJ Williams from Zach Bartz. So uh Connor Schmidt, not a player, but Brady Collins might be the one of the biggest ads we we had. Yeah. The squad fest. All right. Rajiv, let's kick this to you. Um, for whatever reason it is, most fascinating player this year. Most fascinating player. Man, this was a hard one, actually. I, I thought about this for a little bit, but I for me, it's it's Bryson Green because I just and I know I've used him already, but I Bryson Green just looks like uh, an, an kind of looks like an alien out there. He just, he, the way he high points things, he looks like an NFL receiver right now in, in college football. And that to me is fascinating what he's going to be able to do and how he can really change the game. Um, and, and like we've said before, like we're spreading it out. You can't be double teamed. He's going to really have a lot of one-on-one situations that, yeah, I mean, I, I'm all about Bryson Green being this, just a guy that we haven't seen for a while. And therefore is my most fascinating player. I did, I did kind of cheat. I used him from two categories, but he just is. Yeah, I'm going to double up again here. Um, Tucker Ashcraft, Ooh, can, like a, can, a, can a freshman player be have a, a good impact at that tight end position and be something that we – we Wisconsin, I love Ferguson, and I love the you know the, a lot of the tight ends that we've had. I think Ashcraft is a step up from a, a speed standpoint potentially and a guy that can stretch the seam a little bit more. And that's where I think where there's an opportunity for him to be something a little different than we've seen in a bit. Um the other one would be DK. I know you guys listen to me bash on him and and I've been very critical of him and it's not because I don't think he has talent. It's because I need to see him go out there and be a difference maker against the teams that matter. 
I can't have you getting 170 against Northwestern. I need you to go out and drop 100 on Ohio State. When we need plays made, I need you to be the guy that goes out there and makes a big play on a third down on maybe a ridiculously difficult catch for you to make, but it potentially wins the game for us. And that's what I need to see out of him. Um, yeah, a couple of people said Ashcraft in the chat as well. By the way, there was a certain podcast, I don't want to drop names, with uh, Rajiv was on that one where he talked about players from this freshman class that may play early. Tucker Ashcroft was one of the three or four mentions, I'm just saying. Um, so here's here's me for – and by the way, a couple of really good comments in here. Um, Ryan Eiler says Ashcraft. Uh, Adam Herman, your boy. Rajiv says Skylar Bell. Definitely. Most Bell, man. Yep. Um, I want to go here. To me, it's fascinating. When I'm, I'm thinking most fascinating, it's like, who am I most excited to watch this year for whatever reason? And it's the quarterback, right? Like, it's it's been so hard to get – we've seen so many great running backs. Am I fascinated to watch Braylon Allen run in this offense? Absolutely, because I think he's going to do incredible things that most human beings can't do. But I've seen a lot of running backs do that in Madison, right? I've seen a lot of defensive linemen like Barner come in and maybe Bill rush a pass, right? Even Hunter Roller, like I've seen great defensive players be habit creators in Madison. I, we, I haven't seen a really great quarterback season since Russell Wilson. And I am fascinated. I'm like fascinated to watch him run this offense in Madison with these weapons. So for me, I'm double dipping as well, but it's Mordecai. I'm just fascinated by what this could look like. I mean, really, Phil Longo should be in this yeah. discussion. He's really, truly the most think, fascinating person in this entire program right now because of what he's going to be doing to the offense. Think of how weird it will be to watch a season if if the offense is actually clicking and go into a game with the expectation that a quarterback have two to three touchdown passes. Yeah. 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 Evan Gabriel with a good one here. Uh, Nathaniel Vakos. Like, that mustache is fire. <laughs> yeah i mean let's, let's let's hope let's hope he's successful man i mean it, we need it we need it or atticus bertram's right yeah. like yeah. i hope that he i hope that he, guys, hope that he hits guys. like an aussie kicker that i would expect to be <laughs> these are guys names that we hope we don't really hear a lot of this year and so right. because that means they're being successful all right let's let's get into um our our season previews here yes um our record predictions um, and let me see if I can pull up. Let's start here with while I pull up kind of our predicted finish. I want to start with just Wisconsin's record because it's going to take me a second to find uh, the Excel sheet yeah. that I have our predictions on. So, <laughs> Justin, let's start with you. What is Wisconsin's record at the end of the year? I'm going to say it's probably going to be ten and two. Um, I think that we'll probably. I'd love to see us pull off the upset against Ohio State. I think that one's probably the easy one to say. But I do think that there's going to be a game that catches us at some point. Even, even if we're really clicking, there's going to be one where we just come out a little flat and it, we're going to get caught off guard. There's too many good defenses that if we, we don't have our offense firing, that we can end, easily lose a game. So we got some people agreeing with you. We got Alien Space at 11-1. and one. Patrick uh, Minahan says 9-3. I put money on it. Badgeron says 10-2 and two plus a bull win. Winnie Gambler says 10-2. and two. So, you know, look – I went back and forth on this a lot. I've been sort of back and forth between the nine and three, 10 and two, 11 and one, what's going to happen. And, but I'm, I'm also going to, to end on 10 and two. And I think that's, that's where I'm at with this. I hope that one of those wins is Ohio state. And I hope that, uh, you know, but that obviously means that we might lose two other games. The big 10 is hard. Um, and even if we do beat Ohio state, I still think we're probably looking at a 10 and two record because we're going to slip up somewhere else. Um, but yeah, I feel like 10 and two is a good number. Now, originally I kind of looked at nine and three thinking about, you know, maybe Wazoo, maybe Purdue and Ohio state. Um, but whether it's Illinois, whether it's Iowa, whoever knows what it is, I think 10 and two is, is probably where, um, where we're going to, where we're going to end up this year. Oh, we are such homers. 
Like, but I mean, that's what we are. We are like so. Last year, if people for the everydayers on this show, if you remember before last season's opener, I said I'll take the over, and then when the Badgers flamed out again, um, I said I will never take the over on Wisconsin again until they they prove it in a season. I don't care. I literally said on that show, I don't care what they do in the off season. I have no idea they're bringing Fickle and Mordecai and seventeen receivers, right? I said I don't care. <laughs> they do i'm not buying it i'm not buying it i'm gonna be truthful a realist i am taking the under no matter what and i'm taking the over this year uh <laughs> <laughs> you have to well the, the over is only eight and a half you have to take yeah, yeah take i mean we do have a what top five offensive coordinator in college football oh, i know but i said i wasn't buying it no matter what they did yeah. um, so what is I'm, your record ryan i'm going 10 and 2 as well <laughs> here's the thing though nine and three nine and you can go nine and three this year i want to be just and and still feel good about it right because mm-hmm. Like yeah. it, you could drop a weird game. I think Ohio State. I think you lose Ohio State. I mean, really quickly. I think you're losing Ohio State, and then you're dropping one of Illinois, Washington State, or uh, Illinois, Washington State, or Iowa, and then you're maybe dropping two of those. And that's still not a terrible year. That's a good year still. Just to be clear on this, so I'm going ten and two. I could see nine and three. I think anything below nine and three, I'd be disappointed. Mm-hmm. I think that the. The, the, the line is very thin, right? The, the, the difference between a 12 and 0 season, 11 and 1 a season, and a, and a 7 and, and 6 season, or whatever, 6 and 6 or 7, it is razor thin. And that, that's where we talk about turnovers and special teams, the two things that I was most concerned about, uh, because there are going to be a lot of close games. And so it, it, the season will really hinge on these critical plays and what happens with them. But it's, yeah, ten and two is very possible, but listen, so is eight and four, right? I mean, there's a lot of there's you can very easily see both, and I think that's that's fascinating within itself. So is eleven and one. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's true. Matthew Anderson, eleven and one. Alien Space, they have the talent to go eleven and one. Bo Dragon, eleven and one? Question mark. That probably means both things are going to go seven and six. Um, <laughs> Every um, game's a lot. You got it reversed. It's one and eleven. Well, this is football. They're both traditionally a little more optimistic yeah. on the football side. Um, let's go here. Let's. Let's kind of quickly run through our Big Ten East projection. Mm-hmm. So what we did is we all submitted our rankings and we averaged them out. Um, the Big Ten East, we're not going to spend a ton of time on. So we had a, collectively, uh, between the three of us, when you average them out, we have Michigan winning the Big Ten East, Ohio State number two, Penn State number three, uh, Maryland number four, Michigan State five, Indiana Rutgers. Gentlemen, I think the intrigue here is obviously in the top three. I actually had Ohio State winning it. Both of you had Michigan winning it. We all three had Penn State finishing third. Um, Justin, I'll kind of kick it to you. Thought process there. What's most intriguing with that group? Uh, I think Michigan, like the issue that I have when I look at Ohio State and Michigan, I think the differentiator is uh, you have an experienced quarterback at Michigan. And I feel like that is a big deal in a game like that. When you have somebody who's done it and beaten up on a team like that, like it's losing to Michigan and it's not really close games when they're playing them and that's going to start to mess with them a little bit and they might get tight and you have a young quarterback who is playing in a game. That's the most hype game of the season for them. And you have a guy that's done it before. Um, I, I just don't believe in Penn state. I, I, I know everyone's pumping them up. I, I think there's a lot of talent on that team, but I just think that from a scheme standpoint and offensively, I'm just not that impressed with them. Like they've had really one good year offensively where you look at them and like they were a juggernaut and they haven't been able to repeat it. And I think that that's the difference between those three teams is I think that Michigan and Ohio state can be dominant on offense. And I don't think that Penn state can do it against a really good team. Yeah. I mean, I think the reason Michigan's number one for me is JJ McCarthy. I mean, I think it's just all quarterback. Like Justin said, I think that's really the issue. And 
Um, you know, and listen, Ohio State's going to reload. We've talked about that before. They're going to have they have a they have five stars in the room. They're going to have McCord or whatever these guys are. They're going to be really good. But Michigan is the class right now. Now that being said, sorry, my my babies in the background. If you hear. Um, that being said, one of the things that really worries me about Michigan winning this conference, winning this division is if, if they beat Ohio state again, which obviously if that prediction is holds true, they're going to have to beat Ohio state. I worry about Ryan day leaving. I don't want Ryan day going anywhere anytime soon. I don't know if he does. Like I, I realize that from a fan standpoint that they have to look at it and freak out. But if you go 11 and one and end up going into the playoff again, can you really fire a coach that's consistently getting getting in the I, I get that, but if you're consistently getting an opportunity to win the title, I think you have to look at it with some level of you know you know real realism and say, all right, if we end up winning the national title but lose the Michigan, who cares? We're still the national champs. They don't get to say they're the national champs. I mean, listen, if they win the national title, sure, but I they think they're capable of that. Like well, that's their ceiling. Them. But they haven't been doing that, and they've been losing to Michigan. That's the difference, right? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. if he loses to Michigan. But, but I think we'd all agree, last year, Ohio State should have won it. But I'm we, saying, but they did it. Like, that's yeah. all that matters, right? Yeah, we no, that's, and that's fair. I'm just saying, if they lose again to Michigan State, and caveat, they don't win the title, the rest, the, the Natives are already restless mm-hmm. in Columbus, right? Um, so I have, Michi- I have Ohio State ahead of Michigan. Listen, the game is in Ann Arbor this year, right? That's hard. However, there's weird off-season drama with Harbaugh. It feels funky. Like, am I suspended? Am I not? The offensive coordinator's going to miss a game. I'm telling you, distractions are never good, whether it's a little thing or not. And then the other part of this is Ryan Day's coaching for his job. This is exactly what you talked about. Like, we talked about the pressure on Greg Gard this off-season. You better freaking do something. And he went on and got A.J. Store, right? He landed Daniel Freetag. I'm just saying there's going to be a level of pressure and do or die on Ohio State that Michigan – it's just human nature. They're not going to feel it because they've been Ohio State twice in a row. I think it's really hard for Ohio State, who was the top dog for 11 years in that rivalry, to lose three in a row. Uh, that's – I just – I don't see it. I think they win this year. I think the pressure's on them. Um, I think that's – and with, as far as Penn State, I'm a little higher on them than you, Justin. I, I But we talked about that before. Either way, I think they're the third third horse in that three-horse race. Um, should we go to the West, guys? And, mm-hmm. and then, we'll, then we'll wrap up. We have a bunch of comments. I'd love to get to a bunch of these today. I know we're going a little long. Um, I didn't clear going along with Rajiv or Justin. So if you guys got a balance, let me know. Um, let's go I to have no life. life. Yeah. <laughs> my, my wife, my life is sleeping away. My kids and my wife are asleep, so I'm good. Um, all right. So what we did with the West is we got 10 different submissions. So I asked for people on Discord, on Twitter, submit your Big Ten West predictions. And then we averaged them out. Uh, obviously, all three of us did it. So um, we're going to start at the bottom because I think the bottom two, uh, Northwestern got every last place vote. <laughs> they finished seventh in this. With an average of seven, uh, <laughs> Purdue finished sixth, uh, Minnesota finished fifth, and then Nebraska finished fourth. Let's start with that tier. So Nebraska, Minnesota, Purdue, Northwestern, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. Um, Rajiv, why don't we start with you on that group? Right. So I actually had a little bit different. I had Nebraska, Purdue, Minnesota, Northwestern, um, because I, I think Purdue is a little bit better than Minnesota because Minnesota is just Minnesota. But Northwestern is easily at the bottom. That's that's not really much of a discussion point. I think the question for Nebraska is what will Matt Rule bring to them and how how soon will he kind of turn them around? I don't really believe that he will, uh, but I think that given the, 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 the lack of a lot of great teams in the West, I think that you know Nebraska finishing there is okay. But I think Purdue's going to definitely going to frighten some people. And Hudson Card is a very, very good, talented guy that's going to make some moves. So Purdue might even finish fourth potentially. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of where I had it. 
So I went overkill on this, and Ryan is can attest to this. I actually went through the schedule and and figured this out. I had uh, Purdue at four and five. I had Nebraska at three and six. Minnesota at two and seven, and then Northwestern bringing up the rear at Ofer. So I do not believe in Minnesota this year, and I will I will definitely attest to that. I think Nebraska gets a couple of nice wins. I actually think they're going to win Thursday, and I think that. That that game may be simply rule deciding that he's going to run Jeff Sims into the ground and basically run the triple option for that game and be like, all right, well, we got our 6 4 thoroughbred that we're going to run around the corner and just run through people. But I think that they're going to do some things that this year that they're a little bit more impressive. Um, Purdue, I actually think I agree with Rajiv. I think that there's some talent there. There's some, there's some interesting things that they're capable of. They could definitely upset somebody that we're not expecting. And I think that they will be, they're pretty close to the top group. It's they're the closest team in my eyes. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, you're going to see me throw some numbers up there that 4.5, 4.85. That's the average of the 10 people have ranked them. So for example, Nebraska 4.5, that's kind of where on average they fit in. Uh, yeah. Nothing else to add on Northwestern. That, that team may not beat Howard. That's a disaster. I, I think Purdue might take a bit. That's, who knows who's a really young coach, and I'm just not sure the overall talent there. Minnesota, uh, I'm not buying them, but they've been consistent. Like, say what you will about Fleck. He, he's never put in a bad year there. Like, they have a consistent team. They have skilled players. And, that, listen, I'm not really buying Calamacus. Calamacus? Oh, geez. I'm not buying AK. Thank you so much. Um, But there is there is an upside element there that if he does hit, maybe there's something. Uh, Nebraska's a schedule thing. Right, they have a really easy schedule this year, and Big Ten West crossovers matter. They only have one tough one, like Wisconsin, like Iowa. Meanwhile, you know Minnesota's got two. They got uh, Michigan and Ohio State. Like that matters in scheduling, mm-hmm. so that's a tough one for them. All right, let's go to number three here, guys. The number three school on our countdown. Everyone can probably guess this is Illinois. Illinois finished with an average ranking of three point three on our countdown. Um, guys, Illinois thoughts. That's exactly where I had them. I actually have them at six and three. In conference, I think they're going to have a pretty good year again. I, I just don't think that they have the top end talent and, and a quarterback they can look at that can be a difference maker for them. But I think the defense is legit again. I think that they're going to be a problem. That's not going to be a gimme by any means for Wisconsin. Yeah, I agree. Nothing really more to add. I, they don't have the talent to really be up the top two lines. Yep. Another school with an easy schedule, though, right? Mm-hmm. Illinois gets one tough crossover. They get Wisconsin, you know, in at, at, at Champaign. Um, so another one with an easy schedule. I just think there's probably. People have gone a little overboard, right, with the Brett Bielema. He has one kind of turnaround year at Illinois in a really bad Big Ten West, like with an impotent Iowa team, a bad Wisconsin team, and people are like instantly, oh, yeah, he knows how to win titles. I'm like, well, let's just wait a second here. Uh, I think people have jumped the gun a little bit with what he's doing and building at Illinois. I don't think they're quite at that top line. Um, And then this is the interesting one, guys. So I find this fascinating. We have a tie among the 10 people that submitted. We got to find out the turncoats. What we need. Uh, both, both Wisconsin and Iowa had multiple first place votes on this. And if you average out those 10 submissions, they each average out to 1.7. So among the 10 submissions we had from the Discord, Twitter, and between the three of us, they have Wisconsin and Iowa at a tie on top of the Big Ten West. I would like to point out that I think the three of us all picked Wisconsin to, to win the West. Look, I... I, I understand the Iowa discussion because of, you know, their defense and certainly with, with Cade at their new quarterback position. But listen, and as far as long as Brian Ferentz is out there calling plays, forget it. Just forget about it. Iowa, 
they, I, I actually, I mean, I consider putting them below Illinois actually, just because I think that their offense is that poor. They're going to get better with Cade and their defense is really, really solid and they're going to be, and they're going to give people a lot of fits, but this team, just in my opinion, it's close, but I really don't. When you look at all the talent that we brought in with the 30 new players, with recruits and in 15 transfers, like they didn't, they don't have, they didn't, yeah, they brought Katie McMahon, but they don't, they did not bring in that kind of transfer talent. And that's why, to me, it really wasn't too much of a discussion whether Wisconsin would, would finish first. To me, it's, it's our division to lose. So I, I think this is an interesting discussion between the two because I feel like Wisconsin is like the high ceiling team. And Iowa is the high floor team mm-hmm. where you look at them and you're like, well, their defense plays like we, we can look at Iowa's defense and say that, that out of the units, that is the unit that we can look at and say they are most likely to hit to achieve the expectations. And then you look at Wisconsin. And I think that the defense people feel really good about it, but we don't quite know what it is. It's a little more boom bust than what we've had in the past coming into a season. And I think the offense is exactly the same way. And I think that the, 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 Ceiling for Iowa's offense is far lower than Wisconsin's. And I think that that's the difference between the two of them in my eyes is that if all things are equal and, the, and they, they both kind of half hit what their expectations are, I feel like our offense is still more of a plus than their theirs is going to be, which is the difference for me. It, it would probably be a close game if they play. I just don't know what Iowa can do in that game if they are not significantly better on offense than what they've been. Because if they are a slight uptick from where they've been, Wisconsin's proven that they can beat down that offense, even when they've had relatively decent quarterback play. Well, I would say I would say old Wisconsin has proven they can do that, right? This is a new coordinator, a new defense, um, a bit of a new scheme. I think that's a really good point, though, Justin. I agree. I think Iowa is the high floor team here. Wisconsin is the high ceiling. I, I would say this. If you're going to bet on one one thing in the Big Ten West now, it's probably Iowa's defense, mm-hmm. right? That's the most stable thing um, that you, you would look at and say, I know for sure that unit's going to show up. They have to reload. But at some point, you give the benefit of the doubt with Parker and what they've done there. But Listen, what about Wisconsin's defense? We we've also been equally successful. I mean, I think not, that, not, that, that's also it's a different defense. Is my point? Like, yeah, if, the, the, if, the ideology the around the defense is a little bit. There, there is good talent. talent. I will agree There's with good that talent for sure. But if you're looking from the outside in, you're saying that's not the same defense, right? It's a different coordinator, different some different scheme, different players. I'm just saying, like I was the one consistent thing you would point to say. I'm sure they're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And, and I, think, to, I think it's going to be a tough game. Like I was always a tough game. I get it. Um, I'm st- I listen, I still think the offense there, while it's going to be better, I firmly believe it's going to be better because the, the bar is so low. Yeah. And McNamara is a real quarterback. It's still not going to be good enough, in my opinion, to go to Madison, by the way, going to Madison to win that game. So I think Wisconsin wins that game. It's a huge one. I think they win the West. But I absolutely buy the people who think Iowa is the safer choice. See, and I agree with you, Rajiv, on this actually going into that game. I actually think the way this defense is going to play against Iowa – is actually a plus in this situation because I do think that aggressiveness is going to be something that is a problem for Iowa because I don't think that they're really an offense that has any bread and butter plays. And I, I, I just don't believe in the running game. And if you have a quarterback that you're leaning on, that is more of a game manager and not a guy that can really make things happen. You're kind of stuck. Like, what are you, what are you going to do if you can't consistently run the football? And it, it sounds like everything we're hearing kind of coming out of Iowa's camp is the offensive line is better, but it's not, it's still, it's more of a, it's solid than a, it's good 
offensive line. And if that's the case, I think that we can cause some havoc on that because I just don't think that there's any playmakers at the skill positions other than their tight ends. And I think there's some things you can do to kind of take a little bit of that away. So they did bring in some transfer receivers, though. They got an Ohio State transfer. Um, like Much like we're hyping ours, like they they brought in some real talent, that receiver. Um, Eric All, the tight end, is a, is a big-time get from Michigan. And then, again, just sometimes going from – and we know this. Sometimes going from bad quarterback play to okay quarterback play is a huge deal in college football. I'm not sure that the wide receiver talent was necessarily the major issue there, as we saw with Jones going to Purdue. Who's instantly good, and uh, I think that that kind of tells you that a lot of it is scheme, and I think that it's the same. It's similar to the Wisconsin thing. Like it's if a it's a broken it's a broken scheme. If yes. they had a new offensive coordinator, this would be a different discussion. But they don't. Yeah, yeah. Very much so. Very much so. I don't think that his offense really takes advantage of whatever skill they have. It's possible. All right, guys. I think maybe we'll wrap there. We're gonna do, but we're already at an hour. Um, <laughs> And we didn't get to all the comments. <laughs> and that was with a half hour on the show. I think I think we do need to have one more thing. We need to have one more quick discussion, which is who's going to win the conference. That needs to be – that needs to be oh, – I got two more for you really quick. Two more good ones to end on. And, Rajiv, I'm going to ask you to find, like, three great comments, too, that we can throw up here. Yeah. Um, so here's the first one. We're going to end on Rajiv. That's a great point. We do need to talk about who's going to win the conference. Here's the next one, guys. Buffalo game. The line is 27 and a half. Wisconsin or – Wisconsin or Buffalo, 27 and a half. Who are you taking? I'm taking Wisconsin. I'm gonna I'm gonna go first. This I'm gonna take I I don't that's a really big spread. Okay. I think we're absolutely gonna win this game and we're gonna win by a hefty amount, but 28 is a really big number. I'm gonna actually take the under there, or like the I'm, I'm gonna take Buffalo, I suppose, with the spread because this is game one, guys. Game one is not gonna just be like roll it off and just you know kill it. So I hope it is. I hope we absolutely kill him by 50 but i think that line is a little bit heavy i'm going to take the points i am also going to take the points uh week one a lot of moving parts and listen a 27 point line means you could be winning by like 35 and buffalo scores a touchdown and gets a backdoor cover right at the end like you could dominate a game and not cover 27 and a half so i think wisconsin steamrolls them but a late backdoor touch late backdoor cover for buffalo um jason gelden says 40 45 13 badges let's go listen i would love that but i'm gonna take i'm gonna take buffalo to cover that 27 and a half that's a lot of points i have 42 10 is where i have Matt. so i actually think we cover justin you're such a homer man <laughs> I, I i think listen i think the running game is gonna feast and i think a lot of that has to do with the fact that if they if they actually spread it out and if we're able to pass i think they're gonna be able to do whatever we want on offense because i think we Listen, the wide receivers that we're going to be putting out on the field are all going to be better than the guy that's across from them. And it's, it's going to be basically pick your poison. So at that point, with if you're moving guys out of the box, there's nobody on that team that can deal with Braylon Allen one-on-one. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Everything on paper you're saying is correct. But football still happens, right? A ball bounces weirdly, and it's week one. Uh, but we all have them. A lot running. of pumped-up kids playing their first game under Fickle, too. Oh, I agree. Um all right, let's go. David Bolesky says we ain't even going <laughs> to punt against Buffalo. Yeah, Ryan. We're <laughs> so hard. I love it. This is full off-season hype mode. I absolutely love it. And no doubt we played a part in this, Rajiv and Justin. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a whole Believe with Rajiv segment. This is probably a great mm-hmm. time to play it. It uh, should be right now. <laughs> all right, who's winning the conference? Um, I'll just start with this one. I have Ohio State. Because I, I have Ohio State beating Michigan and – on a neutral field, 
Ohio State, Michigan, or Penn State are all more talented than Wisconsin. So I think whoever comes out of the East on a neutral field is going to be favored against Wisconsin. I, I think Wisconsin gets there, which in Fickle's first year, that's a great season. And I think they're competitive, and that's a great thing. It's a great first step. I still have whoever comes out of the East winning the title. For me, I have Ohio State coming out of the East, so I have Ohio State. If it's a repeat game against Ohio State, I don't think we win it because I just think that at that point, the talent we've, we've kind of seen how those games play the talent separates at that point, And it's just more like they, they just get better normally against the team. I think I like our chances best against men against Michigan. I think we, we probably fit personnel wise best against them. Cause I don't think that they're a team that can go out there and just kind of light it up through the air. Like Ohio state is capable of doing. So I think that they'll, we can hang around with them a little bit more and make it interesting. It's probably – I like our chances better, but I'd probably still pick Michigan in that game. Where is the belief, boys? Where is it? Honestly, come on, guys. Listen, the day that Luke Fickle stepped on this campus is the day that everything changed for our entire football program, right? I mean, everything from the culture, the marketing, the, the, the fan support, every single aspect of this program changed. So this is going to be a last and first at the same time. This is the last Big Ten championship game between the East and the West, and it is going to be the first time that a West team actually gets it done. This Badgers is one game. winning a it's national title? Game. Absolutely. Going on Final Four runs? Why not? Yeah. It's Believe with Rajiv on today's Locked On Badgers. And and listen, I mean, I, I yeah, thank you for that. That's Next exactly year when they do it again. It. But seriously, like this is, I mean, we we can't we can't possibly do this, right? We can't possibly go an entire ten or eleven years or whatever it is of East and West. And this West really is never going to win one. I won't. I don't buy that. It's going to happen this year because we don't. We've we've been in this game before, right? We've had a chance to 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 do this and, and see it. But we've never had Luke Fickle. We've never had 15 transfer guys come in. We've never had Tanner Mordecai and Bryson Green and Will Pauling. And our endless list of wide receivers, we've never had Braylon Allen running into six-man boxes. We've never seen it. So, therefore, nothing, everything we've never seen before, well, we've never seen a West team win it. Well, this is the year. You're hearing it here first. Wisconsin, our Badgers, right here, will win the Big Ten Championship. You heard it here. Let's go. And yes, David, I see your I'm there for it, man. What's Rajiv smoking? It's a, listen. I'm telling you, this is just what it is. Luke Fickle is bringing this to us. We have to believe in what Luke Fickle is doing. Everything has changed. So why can that game not be changed? Let, let's get to these comments because there's some great comments here. Ryan Eller says Rajiv is a fraud. You said ten and two instead of fifteen and zero. What? <laughs> I still believe in ten and two, but we're still going to win the West, and we're still so, going to win that. Uh, by the way, super interesting. How much better the West gets if we go back to East-West split again with with. Oregon, Oregon, Washington, and USC all being added. D- D- divisions are done, though. Divisions are done. Are they, though? Are we, well, now that we've added two more teams, are they going to kind of flip it again and be like, well, now. I don't know if that's all that much better, though. Well, hold on. Let me fix these guys. You don't know if that's all that much better? That's a lot better, <laughs> talent-wise. No, better, they're better than the West, but we've talked a billion times about USC, USC UCLA being overrated. USC is going to struggle in the Big Ten a little bit. Oregon and Washington, like it's good. Or, but you're Oregon not, beat Ohio not, State the last time they it's played. Still, but they're not Ohio State though. It's still not Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. Um, hold on, no, Let, no it's not. But the gap is significantly closed with that. Uh, Leroy James. There are several says, teams that could win that game. Leroy James says CJ Stroud is not at Ohio State anymore, which Bo Dragon then responds with, "But Marvin Harrison is." Um, <laughs> David Valeski says, what is Rajiv smoking? Uh, 
Matthew Anderson says Rajiv is going to look like a genius. Yes. I, I love this stuff. This is the uh, Chris says I'm believing. Hallelujah. Ryan, look at this one. Look at this one. That's good. The heavens are opening up and the trumpets are blowing, says Rajiv. <laughs> I love it, man. That's what makes this community so great. Um, hey, we're uh, buying tickets. If they if they end up making it to a playoff berth, I will find a way. I, Justin will take out a second mortgage and head down to, let's do to it. the playoff. Hunter, this we'll ponder this question as we leave and answer it next time. Hunter Milky says, Joel Stave better than Tanner Mordecai? Question mark. <laughs> Let's hold off. Let's let's ponder that one. Um, and y'all know I'm a big Joel Stave yeah, guy. Playing the bongos. So <laughs> love you guys so much on Wisconsin. You guys are an incredible community that we're building together. Season's almost here. Much more content coming up. I got a Buffalo person coming on. We're going to talk the Buffalo game. Uh, we just did Brian Smith the other day. I have another really fun show coming up on Friday. I think we're going to do like a call-in show. So a lot of content coming up. Um Commandant Clink does say this podcast is ending, so all the guard haters better get your fired guard comments mm -hmm. in. And here we go. This is a great one to end on. Isaac Zoss says, shoot. I'll, I'll paraphrase what he's saying. If we make the playoffs, I'll fly the locked-on Badgers crew to the title game. So I put that comment up there yeah, for a yeah. reason. Let's, let's go ahead. This is, we're <laughs> going to record that. <laughs> I wanted to highlight this particular comment, Isaac, and I may make this like a permanent um, – yeah piece of the discord just throw it up there. <laughs> he's gonna take a picture of it and do that as a pin tweet on the uh, lockdown <laughs> i'm just saying this is this has been the longest show we've ever done together thank you for all of you that, that yeah. stayed in with us and i mean if we we wanted to do a longer show for season the season preview we've obviously been building up to this one for a while but thank you for uh, all of you that are yes yeah. yeah thanks for everyone hanging out with us tonight absolutely on wisconsin and we'll talk tomorrow <laughs>